We're going to be in Romans chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Can I, I'm going to go ahead and read it. And then I'll explain how we got to this place in the book. Paul writes this, What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they've been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some did not have faith? Would their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right in your words and prevail in your judging. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I'm using a human argument. Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result, their condemnation is deserved. All right, God, there's a lot there. You wrote it, and we're asking you to help us understand it. I thank you that your word doesn't return void and that there are hearts in this room that are hungry for your truth. I'm one of them. And so God, help us to come to the table this morning and eat and get full. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was thinking about like this section, and, and we've been in this Romans road trip for a, a few weeks now, a couple months, I think. And how many, don't, you don't have to raise your hand, how many teachers do we have in the room? Um, how many business people do we have in this room? Do we have any coaches in the room? I was thinking this week about people that do like plans. Like if you're a teacher, you have to do a teaching plan, right? That's still a lesson plan. Um, if you're a coach, hopefully you have a plan for your team, right? A game plan. If you're in business, you probably have um, a business, you probably had to show a business plan to people to get them to give you money right? And then you had to like keep following that plan. And how many of you can relate to how good it feels when the plan works? Isn't it like, I kept thinking about teachers because, you know, we're going back to school. Some, some teachers are already in school. Um, and next week we're going to pray over our teachers and just, um, man, just pray that God uses you in a, an amazing way, give you a gift, all the things. But I kept thinking about teachers this week because I yeah, I've been like the guy on the platform my whole life. I've been like a youth pastor, and I know the, you know how it feels, how the horrible feeling it is when you're talking to a group, and they're just staring at you blankly, and you're like, oh, God, it's been two minutes. <laughs> the bell doesn't ring for another hour, right? And you just know that they're not with you. They're not connecting. It's not working. Now, like, Compare that to the few moments, the few times that you have been teaching and you look up and like they are tracking with you. It's how I feel. You don't have to do this to make me feel better. It's how I feel when I look up and I see people like leaned in. They're like, either they're tracking or their back is hurting, but either way, we're going to roll with it, right? Like when you see the plan begin to work, it's a good feeling. 
And, and if we've been tracking with Paul through Romans, there's a reason why he's got, got this amazing teaching style where he teaches in this letter in such a way that he knows the question that the people heard it are going to ask next. Teachers are nodding their heads because they're like, this is what I do all the time. You teach people to what you want them to learn. And so he's been teaching us for the first two chapters, right? He's like, uh, the world, terrible place. Things are just getting worse. Remember chapter 1? Like when you were like, I don't know if I want to come back. If the whole letter's like this, I don't want to know any more about it. And then we get to chapter 2, and he's been talking about like the Jews. And like, you think you're better because you're Jews? But you're not better because you tell all the Gentiles. And those are the people in, in this letter, Jews were God's chosen people. Gentiles were everyone else, right? And so Paul's been saying, like, you Jews think you're better than everybody else? Anybody think that sounds like church people? You think you're better than those people, but we all know that you're doing the same thing you're telling them not to do, right? And I told you that what he's doing is he's leveling the ground at the foot of the cross, and so he's got this axe, and he is just chopping away at all of the things that we would prop ourselves up on. So if you're a Jew, and you read the first two chapters, and you could raise your hand and ask Teacher Paul a question, wouldn't you ask him what's in verse 1 of chapter 3? Well, Paul, like, what good is it to be a Jew? He knew they would ask that. He wanted them to ask that. And he's going to begin in these first eight verses to show them that there is still an advantage to being a Jew. And the question I want us to ponder today is how are we stewarding the advantages that we have? Now, um, I have brought this humongous basket of candy you're welcome, and I, I want to share it with, with you. I'm just going to kind of talk a little bit while I do this. Um, are y'all okay? Are, you, are we good in the back? Camera's good. I'm in the dark corner now. There you go. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Grab some. Y'all can just talk amongst yourselves about Romans if you want to while I do this. Like, yeah, it, it, it is going to take a little bit of time. Yes, there you go. Some of y'all are like, is he really bringing candy around us? Here you go, sir. Go ahead and have some. Do y'all want to talk about Romans to the people that are next to you? You can. You can talk right now about things that you're learning in Romans, something that stood out to you so far in Romans, because I'm going to pass the candy out. If you're new here, you're like, is he really making us talk to each other? Yes. There's chocolate. Tootsie roll. You're welcome. You're welcome. There you go. Oh, you can eat it now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing so well. You're doing great. I, I felt like y'all might say no to the candy. It's fine. You don't have to have it. Yeah. Nobody has to have candy if you don't want it. Here we go. There you go. Hi, Roger. Oh, this is going to take a while. Y'all good? Um, this is going to be bad live stream, but I'm going to put the microphone down so I can hold this with two hands and we can get rid of it faster. Okay, good job. Oh, hey, Miss Judy, here you go. There you go. Okay, good. Okay, now talk about Romans. Really, you're talking about um, things you've learned? 
what you're doing about it and how you're changing. We do this quite often. We get in groups of three, and we just talk about it. So just right where, where you are, just feel free. What has stood out to you so far in Romans? What are you doing with it? How's it changing? And while you're doing that, I'm going to be bringing the candy around. Okay? Go ahead. Talk. What are we learning in Romans? We're learning to duck. Right? Holy cow. Let me sum up Romans 8, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 with a big idea. Here it is. What comes to us is meant to go through us. What comes to us is meant to go through us. So what Paul says to the Jews is, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean what advantage is there to being a Jew? Like, you've been given, um, do you have a Bible with you or like on an app or something? He says, you've been given the very words of God. He chose you, and you know, all the Jews were looking at each other like, why would he choose us? He said, he chose you to give you the very words of, of God so that, so that you would give it away. It's funny. I love that little social experiment, right? Because, like, at, it's funny at first. And then I don't know who was the first person in the back to be like, yo, yo, um, here we are. And then people at the front were like, more? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm on a diet, right? <laughs> and it gets a little bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? It's like, I've got so much candy and they have no candy. And what Paul has been saying and I'm going to show you it's not just a Paul thing. And sometimes we think the Old Testament is the mean God and the New Testament is the nice God. Wrong. Even in the Old Testament, God's plan was that his grace would flow through the Jews to the Gentiles, to the world, to the nations. It's always been his plan. He didn't just come up with that because Jesus was preaching it. Right? So when we start to feel like, oh, Oh, my gosh, like, this is what I've been given. What do I do with it? And I love, I don't know who the first person was to throw it behind them. I did hear people scream. I knew it was happening, right? Some of you are like, what's wrong with this church? I mean, they make you want to jump and dance, and now they're throwing candy. What's happening right now? Where is Jesus in all of this? Not to make too big of a deal about it. But I even saw a few people stand up with the candy and, like, baseball throw it at people's heads. <laughs> you know, once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> but my next thought was, how many of us are hurting people with the truth? Right? Oh, I'm sharing the gospel with them, pastor. Don't you worry about that. Right? So what he's been saying to this point to the Jews and to the Gentiles, and if you've not been with us, you'll have to just go back on, on our YouTube channel, look at the previous teachings. He's been saying, look, you've both been given privilege. The Jews had the privilege of the law, which would basically be their form of our Bible, right? Like we, our Bible has their law in it, but they had the scriptures. They had the law. They... They had the very words of God. And he said, that's what you've been given. And to the Gentiles, remember we talked about what, what did he say to the Gentiles? People that didn't have the law. 
He said they, they had the light, right? They had revelation. And so even what, what does Romans 1, 18 through 20 say? Just look at creation, y'all. Just look at creation and you can see evidence of God. Everybody has that. And we, we talk a lot about privilege in our society nowadays, right? Like what do we do with privilege? And, and this is not political. This is not social. This is scriptural, right? But Paul is saying everybody has some privilege. And that means everybody has some responsibility to do the right thing with what we've been given. Let me ask you this question. What do you do with privilege? Do you give it all away because you feel guilty about having it? Do you use it all up for yourself because you feel good about earning it? Or do you allow God to distribute it through you? When did I fell in love with this series on Netflix called The Crown. Well, Wendy fell in love with a Netflix series called The Crown. And I just like good stories, and I like good writing. And I think I, I, that's, how I get, that's how I get pulled into the things that she finds. Because she'll say, like, oh, you don't want to watch this Pride and Prejudice thing. And I'll, like, see, like, five minutes of it and go, wow, whoever wrote this is, they're pretty good. And I'll, like, sit down, and she keeps looking at me like, you don't have to be here. And I'm trying to be like, but no, no, I need to be, I need to know how this ends, right? And so we were watching The Crown. It's like, it's a beautiful, just a great picture of, of, you know, the royal family and Queen Elizabeth. And I found this quote, and listen about privilege. Privilege to be rightly handled must be correctly perceived. When Queen Elizabeth celebrated her 80th birthday, the British, who had not been hesitant to criticize members of the royal family, expressed so much affection for the queen that they took most people by surprise. Many commentators endeavoring to analyze the reason for this public reaction pointed to the queen mother's attitude to her privileged position. She perceived her position as a platform for service. And her commitment could be measured by the fact that she had not missed a single engagement through illness for over 25 years. Not because she had to, but because she got to. She embraced, I've been given privilege, I've been given a platform, and I'm going to use it to serve the people, even the people who mocked her family. And we watched The Crown, tons of reasons to mock, right? But she saw it as a privilege, and she used that to serve. And that's what Paul's trying to get the Jews back to. He's saying, look, you have the revelation. You have the very word. You've been given tons of candy. You were given candy so that they could have candy. And why are you keeping it to yourselves? That's the question. Now, can I give you just a ton of scriptures um, from the Old Testament? You just jot these down. God has always had a plan to bless the world through his people. So here's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven. I can't count. I'll start in Genesis because that's the first book. Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. This is what God says. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all, how many? All people on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis chapter 22, verses 17 and 18. God says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring. Whose offspring? Yours, ours. All nations on earth will be blessed because you've obeyed me. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Isaiah 49, 6. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. Here's the part that I want you to hear. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Malachi 1.11. I'm, I'm reading a book. This, I just started it this week. And the writer, he brought, he brought this chapter to my mind because he was talking about Malachi 1 verse 10. And Malachi 1 verse 10, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Look it up on your own time. Basically, God says about the church, about his people, about what they're doing, God says, I wish someone would close the doors. I'm like, who? What? God, do you want to close the doors to the, the temple, to the church? He says, I wish someone would close the doors because of how wrong you're doing this. I don't know where you stand on the pandemic, what churches should have done. That's over now. You know what they should not do now? Try to act like it didn't happen. Try to go back to the way things were. Because I think God's trying to show his body something right now. Right? Like, you, you did all that without me. I, I, you just invited people into a show. I wish someone would shut the door. So people wouldn't come to the house of God and then, like, my name would be blaspheming among the Gentiles because of what you're doing in there. Remember we talked about that last week, right? And why does God say that? Because he's tired of church? No, he's not like us. He's tired of fake. He wants something authentic. And that's what verse 11 is about, right? So in verse 10, he says, I wish someone would shut the door because this is not what I desire. And in verse 11, he says, but my name will be great among the nations. From where the sun rises to where it sets in every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me. Because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. I just want you to know that it wasn't God's plan to kill people. And then when Jesus was born, God went, oh, my son's a really nice guy. I'm going to change my mind. Let's just love people now. That's not how this works. 
From the beginning of time, God said, I will have my people. I will have people who follow me, who love me because I love them. And then those people jacked it up, right? And we go, man, Eve, she was a problem. And Paul's going to tell us as we get deeper into Romans, stop talking about Eve because if we could pick Eve up and Adam and move them out of the way and pick your smart person up and put you right here, you'd do the same thing. We jacked it up. And the Bible says that God had a plan from the beginning, before the foundations of the earth. He's always had a plan to draw people to him and then work through those people to draw more people to him. And what, what clogs that process up is when we are like, more candy for me. Yay, God loves me so much. No, he does. I mean, he does love you so much, but he's trying to bless through you, right? And so we have to start looking at like, what do we have? And if we went around the room and we compared bank accounts, how many of you know they're not all going to be the same, right? I'm going to want some of your accounts. We should try that. It's like have a random bank account swapping day or something. But whatever we have, I've been on enough, and I'm not like ragging us because we're Americans because we do live in America and we do have American bills, but I've been on enough mission trips to other places in the world. Y'all, we are blessed and God's plan in the church is that those of us in the church that are experiencing beautiful seasons of even more blessing would not be like well it's because I hashtag prayed and God answered and gave me a raise and a new car and no he wants he's he wants to get that through you to somebody so are we squandering the advantages of being a Jew, of being a follower of the way of Jesus. Have we, have we settled for so little that now we ask God, I mean, what, what value is there in any of this? I really do struggle to come up with something new to say to you. <laughs> You're like, please get new material, Paul, right? We live in a world full of people searching for truth. You work with them. You might live with them. They just want truth. They want something of value that they can hold on to and know that it won't let them down. And the reason they're not looking to the church for those answers is because we don't live like we value the truth we have. We're kind of like, take it or leave it. We don't always, we, we don't always see the value of even what we're doing right now in a building together, right? Like, opening up the Word of God, studying the Word of God, singing together. Like there's encouragement that comes in that environment, 
And that's what God's saying, like, hey, I need you to value that again so that you can share that with people. What I'm giving to you, I want it to go through you. We had no idea. I, I, I mean, I didn't even think through what the song list was. And second song today, we start singing gratitude. And I was like, oh, God. Like, we can't figure, we can't, we're not smart enough to do this. I mean, you are, Allison. I'm not smart enough to do this. Like, man, that's exactly what we need, isn't it? Like, God, fill us with gratitude at what you have done. And we can't jump too far ahead in Romans, but over the next couple of weeks, we are almost through the really hard chapters, right? There's just a little bit more to go. Like, next week, I'm going to share that verse that nobody makes their life verse. Right? For all have sinned, for there's no one righteous, not even one. Don't you love how God, like, really highlights that? It's like, hey, look, there's no one righteous, not even one. And we're like, no, but God, look at me. I'm righteous. He's like, uh, if, you, if we've gotten this far in the letter and you still think you're good, reread the first couple chapters. There's no one righteous. And what he's trying to accomplish, and I hope it's working Hope the teacher plan is, is coming together. He's, he's trying to get us to see that even when we walk with his blessing, it's, our, it's the, the sinful nature. It's the part of us that is being put to death that wants to hold all that blessing and either keep it for ourselves or convince us that he gave it to us because we are his favorite kid. But God doesn't, he doesn't show favoritism. And what he's giving to you, he wants it to go through you to them. So the only way to wrap this one up is just for us to make ourselves available, right? Why, why, is, there a, why is there such a push in the body of Christ right now for holiness? And there is. And, and that's a, kind of like a triggering word for people if you've been raised in church, right? Because you hear holy, I say holiness and you hear, stop doing all the bad things. You're such a jerk, right? Holiness is just set-apartness. It's just like, God, I'm available to be used however you want to use me. So if you want to move me from here to this spot, then whatever it takes to get more of you through me to the people. Point me wherever you want to point me, right? That's all holiness is. It's set us apart for what you want to do, and then it's clean me out I kept thinking, like, cleansing is a thing right now, isn't it? Like, people are like, I'm on a full body cleanse. Well, what, is, what is that? I'm eating cardboard, right? Why? Whatever it takes, right? Like, whatever it takes to get the bad out so the good can come in. That's what it looks like when we live holy lives. Some of us feel like we have to stop doing bad things because somebody with a microphone screamed at us and yelled at us and pointed at us and said, stop doing bad things. The Holy Spirit doesn't even do that. The Holy Spirit says, hey, psst, if we could just get that out of your life, oh, man, look what, look what I could pour through you to the people around you. See the difference in motivation? One is like, oh, I'm such a bad person. And the other is like, you're such a good God. Please, yeah, clean me out. Just get rid of all the junk. 
because I don't want any of that to get on people, right? (laughs) Oh, here's a blessing from God and all my junk. Just clean me out, God, so I can be a pure vessel. So I want you to, um, man, if that's your heart, I want you to make yourself available to him. Just Maybe just right where you are, sit there and, and just offer yourself to him. Whatever surrender looks like to you, just do that. Maybe it's an outstretched arm. Maybe it's literally just closing your eyes and not being distracted. And I'm just going to pray us out of here. God, I think about the Jews that heard this letter for the first time. Who had been through the pain of circumcision. And then had been led to question even the value of it. And we can relate to that. God, right now this room is full of people who, because they love you, have done hard things. They have stopped doing some things. They have avoided other things. We've done all of this to try to be good Christians. And you right now have a way of showing us that it's not really about that, but you do it in a way that doesn't devalue it. He's like, look, that's, that's good, but that's not the point. The point is that I've blessed you. And I thank you for this church that holds blessings from you, man. You've poured yourself out on this place. Even this morning in worship, the way that you fill this room just with joy, God. We don't want to keep that to ourselves. We want to go tip people really well as we sit at their tables because of what you've done in our lives. We want that to spill out of us. And so right now, we make ourselves available to be used by you. Make us rivers of your grace and not a reservoir of it. We don't want to stockpile the blessing. We want to release it. So just like the queen, I pray that you would shift our mindset about privilege. Shift our mindset about blessing. Because all it is is a platform for us to be able to serve people just like Jesus did. We pray it in his name. Amen.